It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are delighted to have partnered with NordVPN again for this season. We partnered with them last year and they are, of course, a supporter of Rangers FC as an official sponsor there. And best of all, we can give you an exclusive NordVPN deal. If you go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand, you will get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and one additional month for free, completely risk-free. There's a 30-day money-back guarantee with Nord. And look, I use this product. I would highly recommend it. I used to work in web, so I know how easy it is to steal people's data, especially if you're using a a Wi-Fi system that that is a shared one or you're using uh, 4 or 5G, then your details can be out there. With NordVPN, they're absolutely not. And there are other advantages to it as well. Um, You can watch sporting events that maybe aren't being shown in your region. Um, You can purchase flights from different virtual locations and they do make your flights cheaper. This is very, very useful. What a price is in the UK isn't the same as what a price is in America or a price is on the continent. Um, NordVPN can save you money Um, you can buy purchasing subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price uh, and you protect your data while travelling and using public Wi-Fi I keep coming back to that anyone who's at the hassle of a cancelled card will know what I'm talking about so all you need to do is go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand and you'll get a huge discount off your plan and one month additional free completely risk free I urge you to do it Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar as always and I'm joined this week by two splendid members of the Heart and Hand team as we look back over the 2-2 draw at Ibrox against the other half. First of all, it's Martin Ramsey. How are you doing, David? Good to be on. Happy New Year, everyone. Same to you, Martin. And uh, also to the man who spelt his name today on the recording software, that's Clawlin. <laughs> yeah, I just noticed, I noticed that myself. Yeah, hi, David. Hi, Martin. And happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, I quite like it. It differentiates you, doesn't it? Clawlin McLellan. It's got a ring to it. It's, it definitely does. So that's a great start to the new year where one of our podders has misspelled his own name. But... But never mind that, we're here to talk about bigger things. Rangers welcomed Celtic, if that's the word, to Ibrox Stadium on January the 2nd uh, to take on in the New Year traditional game. Uh, Ebbed and flowed, I think it's fair to say. I mean, you'll have seen it or certainly read or heard about it by now, listeners. So let's start off with just a brief overview of what happened and then we'll get into it in a more granular level I think is the, the modern day term for it um, Rangers started okay in the opening stages but as we've seen so so often for the last 18 months really um, a stupid mistake leads to the or a stupid couple of mistakes we tend to do mistakes that compound on each other leads to the opening goal for Maida a terrible pass from Morelos in the middle of the park Maida seizes onto it uh, Tav should clear it doesn't and it's 1-0 
First 15 to 20 minutes were a bit ropey. Rangers did come into it before half time, made a number of decent chances, hit the post through Ryan Kent, a couple of headers from Alfie, and then turned the game in its head at the start of the second half. Brilliant goal from Ryan Kent and a penalty, uh, both uh, by Tav, both of them won by Fashion Sakala or created by Fashion Sakala. Uh, Rangers looked pretty good at that stage, might have added the third, but then got pushed back, sat in a little bit, and Celtic equalised with a few minutes to go, another poor goal from the Rangers' point of view. Martin, I, I think it is fair to say although we never admitted it beforehand, but uh, I don't think that this was the most confident the Rangers supporter has been going into an old fun game, put it that way. And certainly the way it started, it looked as though those fears were about to be realised. The, the opening 15, I didn't think we got near them, although they didn't create an awful lot. There was a, an impending sense that they could at any time step it up. Uh, Rangers did well to fight their way back into it, but the overall feeling as I left the ground at the end of the day, for me anyway, was, was one of disappointment as I felt that was a game we should have won. Yeah, it's one of those things and that, that fans wrestle with all the time. You're right. Um, this is not a confident place at the moment. Uh, the, the league table tells its own story. Um, not to lose would be absolutely priority number one. It certainly was priority number one after five minutes. Uh, but things change over the 90 minutes and the, the, the ebb and flow gets you into a, a, a different mindset and we are in control of the game. We we have the three points in our hands and to to, to lose those so late, or some of those, um, stings um, because personally I don't think it makes much difference in terms of the league title, even if we'd won yesterday, but it it's another, uh, another block in terms of building, a rebuilding confidence. Um, shattered confidence. I think that's universally accepted, um, and that, that that would have been a a big boost uh, getting into a January that has you know a whole host of different kind of um, challenges with, with cups and, and and tricky awkward um, league games as well. So um, we leave <laughs> the emotions are fresh, Davy. Right? So that's that's probably the only way I can I can really describe it. They change, and I like you, a draw. You know, midday. Although that's not what you want out of the game, it's pretty, it's not the worst outcome. Uh, but it certainly felt like it because it's one of those draws that that felt like a defeat. We 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 had it. Yeah, we did, and because of that, I think that again, it's that sea of emotions you get on from day. The expectation level wasn't particularly big as we went into the game, uh, and as you say, then it starts badly, and you do begin to feel the worst. But then you turn it around, and then you know you've got all the hope, and then the expectation really that, that we'll see it through and then of course you don't get it and it leaves you with a kind of strange feeling at the end as you know not quite devastated but a bit gutted you know equally realistic I think most fans know where this team is at the moment there's the initial bloodletting immediately afterwards Colin of course where um, everybody in their dug gets it because we haven't held on for a win but once that settles there is a reason why we have a new manager we are very much at the start of a rebuild. And had we held on for the victory or added a third, it wouldn't have changed what needed doing at that club, which is the squad needs overhauled. It wouldn't have mattered regardless of the result yesterday. I'm kind of with Martin. I, I still don't see them dropping enough points, even if we had one yesterday. But even so, I, I think that it doesn't really change much. Although, obviously, it would have been a far more difficult task for Michael Beale had he been on the wrong end of a sore one. Yeah, it doesn't change anything, but I think one of the most important things to take from it is that our new manager, that we've got all this hope and um, that we're relying on to get us through this and do the right things and bring the right players in, is still undefeated against them. He's not been shown up. He's not been defeated at Ibrooks by them. He's been three minutes of normal time away from getting a victory against them. So there is positives to take from it. I think there was a lot of disappointment, especially for me, because like you said, you go through all those emotions during the game yesterday, especially after going behind so early. Um, to get yourself in that position where you're three minutes away from walking away with three points. And you're right, it probably wouldn't have made a massive difference in terms of this title. It probably is beyond us at this point, but it's an old firm game and you're beating them and there's no better feeling than that at the time. So the disappointment is huge. But I think when you sit back and look back at the kind of circumstances going into the game, look at where this squad is, look at where they are injury-wise, even just the injuries from the players that were playing, never mind the ones that can't make it. I think they did well to get the draw yesterday and as much as I hate to say it they were playing a Celtic team that are at the top of their game just now, they've got this great record they are beating everything that, everything domestically that's put in front of them so it was a good showing it was a decent result, 
given all the circumstances where we've been, where we're at and what we've got ahead of us. A friend of mine, Martin, calls it the football manager uh, generation. And what he says by that, and by the way, he includes me in it before anyone thinks I'm insulting him. <laughs> and that is in the, the, this world where we're all experts. People sometimes tend to think that new manager comes in, flips it all around and everything changes from there and can do it instantly. And while you can get a bounce, you could argue that this is what Rangers have done given the previous results, the fact that, that we have gone this, you know, five game unbeaten, 13 out of 15. I think most people would have deemed that acceptable as we began this run of fixtures. That There is this feeling of, well, I'm not seeing massive changes yet. I'm not seeing uh, as if that can happen with real human beings. Uh, is it an unrealistic thing to expect that suddenly guys who were very much in their shell and were playing pathetically will suddenly cut out all the stuff and find their best form or are we right to expect a bit more? Oh, uh, I think the problem is that it's not exactly unknown in the history of football for teams to look completely different under a new manager. We've seen it plenty of times. Seen it at this club before. Um, where it really is just a new voice and a, 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 maybe a more emotional manager or someone who's more in tune with, with players' emotions who can build confidence build confidence very quickly and do things on the training ground that they, they really enjoy. And all of a sudden, everything just floods back. We've seen it. That's why we, that's why we talk about the bounce. Um, I would suggest there's a bit more nuance than that. Uh, I think when you have a squad that is vastly underachieving, fell out with the, the previous manager, for example, in a massive half, and they get someone in who just cuddles them, cajoles them, gets them back on side and gets them clicking again. But the talent was already there, a la McLeish. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that was yeah. a fantastic exactly squad, let's not exactly. forget that. Exactly. So that there is there is a squad that by two thousand one or two is underachieving because they are not on the same page with a manager. But it's expensively assembled. It's very good. It's very technically good. So it just needs a, a different face. I think where we must be at a stage now where twenty twenty one was an outlier for whatever reason. And there are plenty of reasons into that season. This is not a squad of players that I think are underachieving. This is just their level. And therefore, to expect Beale to come in and anyone to come in with this particular group and turn everything on and get us back to to really what... Just over that first half of that season, when we were really, really good. And then we'd won it. And you're 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 kind of slowing down to you know just ensure you don't lose, keep this undefeated thing going. Uh, I think that's that's wildly um, unrealistic. So I understand why fans expect it because football has shown that it happens. But I think you you need to to, to look a wee bit further into the, uh, the the real issue here, which is the the, the squad, which is is just not um, it's just not at it. Um, and therefore we're going to have to have a, a hell of a lot more patience. And also, Davey, I think we've talked about this before in other shows, there's plenty of uh, plenty of positives to the Beal appointment. Uh, but I guess one slight drawback was that you were not going to get that freshness because, well, it's not fresh. He's been here. We know him. Mm. They know him. So th there isn't a completely new broom, a completely new voice, uh, that, that that does sometimes um, give that jolt to a squad, probably short-lived, to be honest. But you know, ultimately, the quality is going to come through in the end, and that that's that's kind of where we are. Um, we are not a team capable, or the, this level of confidence, this level of ability, where we are at this moment, to just see out a two-one lead. We needed a third. I'm sure I wasn't the only one that really felt we we needed a third because our opposition always score. Yeah, and believe they do. And yeah, exactly. They, 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 they take 17 ricochets, it will fall to them, and they they, they just believe that if, if they are where they, they think they should be, something will happen. Which was us 2021, uh, something will happen. Exactly. And it did, because exactly. everything was in tune. It doesn't last forever, but when it's there, it's, it's a useful thing yeah. to have. 
and you can't you can't quantify it. But uh, and it's not luck, incidentally. Um, but uh, when the when the runes are right, it happens more often than it doesn't. Colin, the first goal. Um, Michael Beale had spoken about that. I actually asked him about this after the Motherwell game on Wednesday, and it's been a bugbear of mine. But I really felt I mentioned it yesterday before the match on our show. I mentioned it on social media. It, turnovers. Celtic thrive on turnovers, right? Very good side at that. That they hunt the ball, and then when you give it away in a bad area, they're in on goal, right? And it's not unique to them. You know, a lot of teams do it in the modern game. Uh, you can be attacking when you don't have possession. So for me, it was take care of the ball. Be very, very careful. Make sure our ball use is better because it was atrocious at times against Motherwell. And within a few minutes, a blind square ball right across the centre of midfield gets intercepted and picked off. That kind of level of frustration. And then, you know, Tav doesn't deal with it. Um, we'll, we'll see individual mistakes the second goal. There comes a point with individual mistakes where you go, if they keep happening, then you can change the manager umpteen times. But if players won't take information in, and I'm sure, I mean, I know for a fact, because he told us that he told the players, be careful with the ball, don't do that sort of thing. How do you legislate for that kind of thing happening? I don't think you can. So it's a really difficult thing because mistakes like that and errors like that really should only come from two places, either a lack of concentration or a lack of confidence. And I'm not sure how you coach somebody to concentrate better or how to be more confident, David. Um, it's something that I spoke to Manager about in the, the pre-match press conference there last week as well. And he said it's, he said himself that um, individual errors, misplaced passes are the one area of the pitch that concerns him the most. Um, he wants them to be expressive in the final third to take chances there, but not to take chances and the back two thirds, um, it's something he's obviously drilling them about, he's talking about, but it just keeps happening. And it's how we're conceding goals. And it's it's extremely frustrating um, for me, for you, for Martin, for everybody listening to this. Never mind the manager when you're getting beaten by teams or teams are scoring against you. And it's not always because they're better than you or they're doing something particularly amazing. It's because you're shooting yourself in the foot, basically. And... It is, I think it does come down to confidence, it comes down to concentration levels, and maybe it comes down to just ability, and maybe just not being switched on enough and good enough to play for this club and play in these high-profile matches. And you're right, changing managers all the time won't fix that. It's going to potentially be a change of playing staff that, that fixes this and eradicates that, because it's been going on for so long, and it's, it's not shown any signs of changing yet. That Sorry, that, that, that error yesterday, that, that combination of errors... And we've seen similar, that's not an ability thing. Those players involved yesterday are all better than that. So it, it is, I think it's a confidence issue. I, I don't think it's a concentration one. I don't believe for a minute they're sitting playing in their slippers thinking this is a piece of piss, isn't it? Um, the, the way that, that sometimes big teams get, get, get caught don't they? And they, they get picked off because they're just not at it. They think this is our foregone conclusion. So it's a confidence thing. I always worry whenever I see a Rangers team start and you see under-hit passes because it's a sure sign that they're not confident and they're not able to just execute basic stuff. There are limitations, you spoke about that before, um, over the course of a season, what, 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 what we're able to do creatively, whatever else. But those were basics. There's no way we're asking those players involved yesterday um, to do things that are out, outside of their skill set. It is a confidence thing. And... It can't be coached, but it's part of the manager's job to instill confidence, instill belief, and to make them feel 10 foot tall. That's part of the gig. Yeah, and, 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 which and, he managed yeah, at half time. He absolutely did. And well, we saw, didn't we see quite a bit of that in the first half of 2022? Um, how many times were, were, were Rangers in a bit of trouble? Van Brockhurst just needed that, that half time reset to reset and and you know they they scrambled whatever they, they could probably scramble from the game i'm not sure i'm interested in your thoughts on because i've seen you know once from morelis tav mcgregor even being criticized at various points for, for that goal and you can make an argument for all four of them absolutely i felt at the time that midas touch was so bad when he intercepted that actually morelis and lundstrom had they'd got out of jail because mm. their their mistakes had been negated by 
Midas bad touch and therefore it was back under our control. And then all of a sudden it wasn't. And I, I completely understand uh, why everyone wants to lump everybody in with this. Um, but but TAF has that under control. It, it, it's, it's beyond belief that, that that wasn't dealt with. Nine times out of ten, any other opposition it is dealt with. Yeah, I think the I would tend to agree. I I very rarely out with a goalkeeper is there one point of failure in a goal. Um very Absolutely. rarely. There's usually two or three things. Some guys are maybe not even in the vicinity of the camera frame, for example, or in your eye line because but they should be. <laughs> um, those kind of things. Um yeah, I mean I agree. Both Tav and Ryan Jack yesterday, I think confidence is clearer. And instead they get caught in two minds because yeah. they're not quite there. So instead they go in and they think, right, well, I control it. I could knock this back to the keeper. I don't want to give it away. All of that's flooding their mind. Whereas when they're just playing naturally and organically, they just go and clear it because that's what you do in those circumstances. And they both get punished. And I think the reaction that both of them had was that, ah, I know what I did. And yeah. I know what I should have done and I know what I haven't done and now we've been punished for it. So I would totally agree with that. One player who is enjoying a bit of a renaissance under Michael Beale is Ryan Kent, who has been freed up. He's been brought back off the wing. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, as he spoke about many times, he liked his wide men to be wide. He wanted to play a 4-3-3 with two wide men out on the touchline. Michael Beale doesn't. Uh, play that way. He plays with essentially two number 10s in behind a striker. So both Ken and uh, yesterday Sakala can have that freedom to move and go inside and you know still go outside, etc. Kent seems to be enjoying that. And I have, like I think every Rangers fan, Colin, criticised his shooting so often this season because for a boy of his ability, his shooting generally is... Uh, it's not below standard. It's it's woeful. I mean, some of his efforts, and there are times he just looks like he'd never scored another goal in his life. Um, but yesterday, when the opportunity came, he more than took it. Yeah, he absolutely did. Um, it's it's funny. He doesn't seem to score bad ones. It's always the odd goal that he does score tends to be ones like yesterday. Um, he's definitely benefited from the new manager coming in. If, if MD's had a bounce, so to speak, it's it's Ryan Kent, and the new system definitely helps him. I think it just frees him up a little bit more in terms of. If he's hugging that touchline like we'd seen him previously, it's very easy to double up on him, man mark him, and just not let him give him any space to do anything. When he's got the freedom now to kind of drop into drop into the centre to move around, it's harder for opposition to keep track of him. It's harder to, to remember who's on him and who's who's on him at any time. So he just he gets that little bit more freedom, that little bit more chance to be creative. And I think he likes I think he likes coming in centrally. And having shots from there rather than try to cut in all the time. Because when he's cutting in, he's got his man that's on him. And then he's also got two or three other defenders between him and the goal all the time. When he's coming in centrally, there's a lot more opportunity and more to spark to do things. And it's easier to get the shots away. So he's looking far, far better than he was two months ago, David, for me. Um, he's one of the two players that's the big question marks over with the contracts um, of the two. He's certainly the one that if I had to choose one of them to give a new contract to, it would be Ryan Kent at this time. Um, depending on the money we were looking for and stuff like that. I just think he's somebody that... I think that's more of an upside to him than there is still Alfredo Morelos. And I think we'd probably get more from him long-term than we're going to get from this version of Alfredo Morelos. So, yeah, I've been impressed with Ryan Ken and the goal yesterday sort of capped it off. Martin, on that, uh, Colin brought up a good point there. And these are just my impressions, folks, right? So don't you know take it as gospel, but... You know, you and I have sat in press conferences with Michael Beale. My impression has been throughout and was again reinforced by his press conference yesterday. He really does want to tie Ryan Kent down to a new deal and he's not that fussed about Morelos. Well, what's your take? Yeah, I would agree with that. Listen, he, he loves the boy. I think the feeling's mutual. Uh, it's no surprise that if 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 there's any any player that we can um, identify as as having a clear improvement um, since Beale's arrival that it, that it would be him. I think that that was one of the big hopes. Um, so I would echo, I think, just about everything that, that, that Collins mentioned there. The 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 role that that Beale has in mind suits so him more. We we discussed at the game on Wednesday, David, that the Motherwell game just how uncluttered that that left hand side is. For the yeah, likes of Barisic so. to, to just come into that area, hit first time balls, which he's 
still very good at. Um, and there's just this, right, you passed the three-yard passes here, there, and everywhere, which sometimes has to happen, uh, but it just happened so often, wasn't it, before? Um, and it, Kent's harder to, to, to pick up when he's um, that, that, that bit more central. So uh, it works. If this, is, if this is the Ryan Kent we're going to get, then you would absolutely be trying to be tying him down, even to protect yourself, because he will then attract interest again, one would imagine, um, if he is able to demonstrate this consistently. Um, but no huge surprise that he's the one that's that's had the biggest uptick, because the, the two men get on, shall we say. Mm. A lot of respect there as well yeah. between both of them. And yeah, I think that that's a fair assessment, and that's certainly my, my thought. I, I think there is... At Rangers, you know, we know what Alfie can do, but I think they're looking at this version of Alfie and saying, is that worth £2 million a year for the next three, four years? And also there is the fear with Morelos once he signs a new deal that the slippers go on. And I'm not sure I can answer that and, you know, definitively to say, oh, no, that certainly won't happen because it's, it's who he is, you know? He's, he's Alfredo Morelos and there are great parts of his personality make him a better player and there are other parts of his personality that maybe don't make him the best pro but uh, again we'll have to wait and see you know there's a lot of factors in, in contract negotiations moving on then to another player who did really well yesterday in that second half in particular Colin and that's Fashion Sakala Michael Beale spoke about it after the match where he said that's the guy that I first saw on video and became interested in bringing to the club. And he said the interesting thing he was he likes his fixture. So, you know, I wanted to get him in the team and I knew he could cause them problems down that side with his pace. We were a wee bit obvious in the first half though about how we got the ball to him and where the areas he got it in, but the second half he got it a lot better and and he really did torment Juranovic in that second half. Um yeah, he definitely did come on to it in the second half. Um even in the first half I felt when we weren't playing as particularly well as we did at stages, he was the one that was always looking to do stuff. He was always pressing. He was running about. He was trying to get involved. He he looked right up for it. Uh, in the second half, he turned that into actual having an impact on the game. The the change of left back, I think, helped us because they are the, who they brought on struggled, and he took advantage of that with his pace. He had him beat time after time, and you just don't know what you're going to get with Sakala. And I think as a as a as a fan watching him, that can be quite frustrating at times but I bet you it's also as frustrating for a defender trying to defend against him because you just don't know what he's going to do next um, there was a moment yesterday where he brought the ball down from the air in one touch and it was incredible um, other times you could see that just bounce off him and go out for a throw in um, he, he did particularly well to set up the goal he did exceptionally well to win the penalty um, fantastic little moment when he's on the ground holding his knee he celebrates the penalty and then goes back to holding his knee again yeah. Um He's he's got a lot of he's got a lot of things to like about him. Um, a very likable guy. People want him to do well. It's always just consistency with Sakala for me, and I don't think it's a surprise that we're starting to see the best of him. Perhaps now, when he's actually getting a consistent run in the team, I think he's appeared in four out of Michael Beale's five matches. Um, he's getting that opportunity to show what he's about, and at the moment he's taking it. Is Fashion Sakala going to be our first choice right right midfielder or right winger for years to come? Probably not. He probably doesn't have that consistency. But is he a guy that can come on and change a game and make make a difference to us? Absolutely. Um, I, I think all, all things being well, if we have a good couple of transfer windows and sort the squad out, he probably takes the Scott Wright role at the minute where he's the guy that comes on at the moment where Scott Wright's coming on. If, I think if you've got Sakala coming on off the bench in matches around about the 60, 70 minute mark, he's the guy that can then come in and make a difference, um, and especially against tired defenders. So, yeah, I'm impressed with him. I'd love to see how he's doing doing better than he was. Um, I do think there's a future for him there. Um, it's all about consistency, though, and can continue to improve, and that's up to him. On that then, Martin, on Fashion Sakala, he was tormenting Juranovic, but substitutions were made late on that uh, I noticed a lot of Rangers fans were kind of blaming, really, for not seeing the game out, and that was James Sands came on to try and to, to see the game out. And also uh, for Tillman and then Morelos went off to be replaced by Scott Wright with Wright going on the right-hand side and Sakala through the middle. Your thoughts, please? On the latter, I don't know if Sakala had the legs left to continue that job. And maybe shifting him inside was was maybe asking less of him, but still keeping and still hoping, you know, that he, he, he'd remain dangerous. And I think... 
his impact was starting to wane a little anyway. He really enjoyed that, what, 20 minutes after yeah. the break? Really enjoyed it. Um, but that that was that was kind of starting to go, is Scott right the answer? I mean, probably not. The the James Sands one, uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not changing my mind on this. I, I felt increasingly nervous. Uh, Lundstrom's injury was a, a real blow. Yeah, it was. He, he, was, was, well. he was starting to look like the Lundstrom of April uh, as the game went on. And, and and I think if he if if he remains on the pitch, I, we yeah we we probably do see it out. But his his loss was was big. But I and I felt after that natural perhaps, um, we we maybe didn't expect to be in a position of of advantage, and we're so close. And you we we just felt we were retreating and retreating and retreating. Uh now you know me as a general theory. I'm I'm. All over that, um, <laughs> you know, hold what you have, but we don't have the players to do that. No, we're not in a, 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 a meal in a confident enough position to be able to to say, right, you do it then. Come on, um, we just we're just not there, and they always score late if they're still in the game, and that was that was the increase in fear, and I felt Sands instead of Arfield underlined it instead of trying to shift it. I don't think that's the reason we 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 shipped two points or whatever, um, but I I was expecting Arfield to come on who, you know, enjoys this fixture as well. Mm. Um, and can, is a good sub. He's a brilliant sub. I think we've, we've we think we've thoroughly established that the Scott Arfield laws that he should never start, but he he can be a, a real danger, and just. Given the options we had, given the, the 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 state of confidence, I I felt a third was there for us actually, and I I didn't I wasn't confident that we I wasn't confident that we would um, just hold on as we were retreating further and further, and, and not that Sands was the the game changer because we're already going there, but he underlined that rather than than altered it. I felt and the mentality well, thing you mean it kind of illustrates yes right? exactly. So yeah. we are now we are now booking in. For bed and breakfast here, we will see out the, the what ten minutes, including injury time, basically. Yeah. Um, which I get, I, I get the the idea. I just I don't think that was we were in a place where that was as suited as trying to keep them occupied um, with niggly, dangerous, um, aggressive players such as such as Arfield. So that 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 was my my take on it and. Unfortunately, those fears were were realised. Colin, uh, yeah, it's a similar point of view to Martin. I, f- I feel that the, the bigger issue isn't who isn't the actual sub; it's who the options were from the bench. The bench was quite weak yesterday, but the managers on admission, Ruth and Cholak, were both there basically in a break glass in case of emergency sort of thing. They weren't there to really come on unless they were really really needed and we were chasing a goal. Um, so with, with that substitution, um, the Tillman one in particular. Your only real option is either Arfield, Sands, or you could bring on Leon King and go with three centre-halves. But again, that's you going back to sitting back and trying to defend, which I don't think works against this Celtic team. Um, it just it shows their lack of class, lack of quality at the minute uh, of the options we have on the bench. Arfield could have come on and made a difference. In an ideal world for me, David, Stephen Davis comes on at that point mm. and Stephen Davis shores things up and we do see out that game. He does what John Lundstrom would probably have done. Um, but when you saw the the kind of the substitutions that that team were able to bring on compared to what we had, it just goes back and underpins how kind of devastated we are just now with these injuries and how many players are out and how many are actually playing wounded at the minute. Um, that's the thing for me. So I don't think Sands is, is the bogeyman. I don't think it's his fault. I think it's just representative of where we are at the minute with the squad. Um, it was a 50-50 choice really between him and Arfield. He's went with Sands to shore things up. Probably not the right thing to do. Arfield could have made the difference, but I'm not blaming the manager for the substitution. It's just where we are at the minute. There's obviously no guarantees with either. That that's just football. yeah. I mean, that's you could have yeah, yeah. that and, and get caught, and that that that's that's fine. That yeah. that is football. I I can only speak for my my personal experience at the game. Feeling we are getting deeper and we're getting deeper and deeper, and we're not suited to doing that. And I I've, I wanted to flip it a bit. I wanted to just get further up the park. I wanted to be more aggressive and hunt for that that killer goal. Um, that just a personal opinion. 
Well, it's not a compromisable situation. It's if you hold on uh, and win, then it went well and everybody's happy. And if you don't, then people are disappointed and say you got it wrong. But that's the job. You know, yeah. that, that that's how it works. You, you get praise when it goes right and you get criticism when it goes wrong. That's, you know, ever towards and ever twill <laughs> shall be. But uh, moving on then to, again, you know, things he was saying at a press conference. He said a really interesting thing, I think, afterwards, where he said he wanted at least two or three in in the January window. But then he said, Martin, I'm not interested in loan signings. I'm not interested in bringing guys in for three or four months. Um, it might make me feel a bit better. It might make the fans feel a bit better, but it's not going to be any use to us long term, and that's what we need to build towards here. I kind of took that as a little bit of a public declaration to Ross Wilson, which is, I know what you did last, <laughs> I know what you did last summer, I know what you did last winter, mm. and I don't want a couple of names in that may act as a bit of a short term placebo. I want in guys that I can work with, trust, play, but also develop you know if i'm going to spend the time coaching them right now when there's a lot of things needing done i want it to be somebody i get a benefit from uh, what was your take on that similar uh i don't think the fans would wear another loan sign certainly not a development loan signing no it's just it's just not going to work here uh the the <laughs> we bring players in to make a an immediate impact and if, if if you're relying on on someone who's still developing who's still finding their feet learning their trade um forget it at this club it's just going to be too much we we, we know this he will know the fans won't wear that he is he's the master populist in his um his use of language and he, he taps very well into um what the, the the support think and want and i mean he's right He'd already said he was only interested about you know bringing players that, 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 that make a genuine difference, and well, it, it probably can't be both anyway. But he was just underlining that, um, and I, I, yeah, I, I can't really argue with the the thought process there, David. But again, we read this chat a couple of weeks ago. Can't remember when when we were last on talking about his his, his use of language and his 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 openness at pressers and he just loves a blether about the game, his job, the situation, he just loves his his job. Um but it doesn't give the club a lot of wriggle room, does it? No it doesn't, but you then, can't, you can't walk this back. No, but then equally I think that the wriggle room the club's had that's used in the past to do things that the managers I, maybe didn't really want. No, I, 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 he's playing he's playing a, a a nice game. Um so if the club Manage to support that, and you would certainly hope that they're not just sitting down to it now, right? We better look at players in January. You you would hope that these conversations have been ongoing since he was offered the job, and he is underlining uh, and reiterating really what's what's already going on in the background. That that might be um, a naive hope. Who knows? Um, but he's certainly he's quite an all out guy, and. He has not left the club with 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 any room there, so they they have to bring in two or three starters, and and that's that because it's on record. Well, the thing is, I'm not against. You need to in a situation sign some project players. You do right. You can't have a summer uh, where you're going to bring in you know just ten experienced pros or whatever. But we have enough of them right now, Colin. You know, we thank you very much. We don't need any more projects right now. Thank you. We need guys who can just go into the team and do a job. Now it might even be. For eighteen months, and you know that they're not the long term solution, but they're better than what we have. And priority positions get identified at the moment, and then you know you can do all that. Soonest did that a lot, but I, I think he's totally right. I agree with Martin there. We can't end up with you know Daily Alley on loan and some wonder kid from Jesus. the under twenty three squad of Manchester City. That's no use to us whatsoever. Yeah, I just shivered there when you said that name, actually. Um, we, we just absolutely need players, the players that are going to come in, they're going to play straight away and actually make a contribution and get themselves in a position where come next season they're, they're, they're totally integrated, they're a key part of the team and it just it just works. That's what we need. I, I really wouldn't be, from Rangers' point of view, I wouldn't be looking at any loan player at all, David, at any time, really, unless it's with an agreement to buy at the end of it. We're, we're not here to... 
give um, academy players in England a, a chance at first team football. We're not here to develop people for other people. We are here to do the best thing for us. So the Tillman one is a, an ideal one for me. It's a guy who is a great prospect. We get him for a year to look at him. And at the end of it, it's up to us whether we want to buy him or not with a fee agreed. That's the way we use the loan market for me, mm. not just bringing in somebody who is out of his luck, can't make a FEPL squad, bring him in to see what he can do. It doesn't work. We've got so many evidence over the years of it not working. So, yeah, stop that and find quality. There's quality out there. There's quality out there in our budget. And it's up to the scouting team. It's up to Ross Wilson. It's up to the manager now to identify them, bring them in and use them straight away. Um, we saw their, our opponents yesterday have just signed somebody, brought them straight into the team, played against us yesterday. Mm. We would never have done that. They've got the confidence in their scouting and in their buying to do that. We don't, and it needs to change. My, my mind's still a wee bit under under the fog of flu, David, so apologies. But when's the last project player that, that worked here? That, that, that did very little for 18 months, just Bassi. found his foot and I Bassi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, but it's 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 one. That's what I mean. <laughs> it's, this is not yeah. a club that, that that generally, and let's be honest with Bassey, but that that is the most remarkable turnaround. That isn't a gradual uh, development either. By the way, this wasn't. Oh, you can see something. You can see something. It was hopeless. Wow! In the space of 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 a few weeks of Van Bronckhurst arriving, um, I'm just. <laughs> For for the development players and project players to work at Rangers, we all re- already need to be purring. Mm-hmm. And they can that. come into a system where they're not looked at as, right, right, you do it for us, son. 18-year-old, never played a game of, you know, men's football. Um, that that's That's where you can develop and have the confidence to... To, to try things because the the machine works, and you look around you and all these functioning players that are in the you know it's, it's square pegs and square holes etc cetera, etc. Cetera. I just don't think we've been anywhere near that for oh, I don't know how long in the, in the last twenty years that you can you can just kind of um, afford someone the patience because you are talking about a year eighteen months really that, that that's what a project is. Mm. Um, I think Bassey was a freak but I can't think of any others it's just not the club for it I'd also yeah. argue the fact that at the moment in time we've actually got a decent academy of our own with a lot of prospects and if you're going to be giving academy players time give our own and try and develop our own rather than other people's that's where I kind of look at it from one of those might be Adam Devine and there's been a lot of chat <coughs> pardon me, about uh, James Tavernier's form this season which it has not been good it, re- it really really hasn't there's no getting away from that. It's. I thought yesterday actually the, the match. I thought that the four fullbacks or five because Celtic were injured um, were pretty poor. So it might just have been one of those days. But at the moment, he seems to be making a bad defensive mistake every week. And our colleague Adam, huge huge fan of his, he is somebody who is you know he loves to have. And he'll point out the things he brings, and he brings a lot. There's no doubt in that. But as Adam says, it's always been risk reward with a player like James Tavernier because he does make mistakes. But does there come a time, Martin, where the scales tip? And by the way, before anyone jumps on me, I'm not saying get rid of James Tavernier, but I am saying that we're quite clearly closer to the end of James Tavernier than we are to the beginning. Yeah, that's that's the the only point I would make. There's a there's a couple of conversations raging that I can see. One's a, a historical one, just over the, the, the piece, which I, I find ridiculous that people are even having those conversations. He has been an excellent servant for Rangers, an excellent signing. Yes, there is a risk-reward there, but by and large, over the course, uh, that, that risk, the, the reward has has been worth the risk, just in terms of where yeah, you, what guy. type of fullback you want. Yeah. I'm, uh, because I'm he has outstanding numbers um, in, in attack and for a large part of that being nowhere near as, as poor defensively as as people like to make out in my opinion but he cannot go on forever he cannot be the player that we became so used to because it was he was an absolute engine and he, he can't do that anymore 
Um, he looks more nervous in a defensive, but I thought he, uh, the, the first half especially, I think they exploited or tried to exploit our right-hand side um, more often than not. That's certainly how it felt at the, at, at the time. Um, I'm not sure. And he, he will always pop up and, you know, would you, would you bet against them scoring that penalty yesterday? I certainly didn't. I was very confident. I'd be very confident if one happened at Hamden, for example, um, in, in, in a cup final upcoming. Um, and he will still pop up with um, an assist and a goal because he's he's still um, a, 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 a good player. Um, the all-round package, though, that again, that we've become so used to, I don't think is there anymore. And it's certainly starting to to hit the buffers. And it's nowhere near a priority to fix, but it it will be something that needs addressed at some point. And I guess my concern would be because there's so much love for him within the club, that that, that sentimentality extends that that stay um uh, maybe a bit longer. But I, I don't think that's that's really uh an issue just now. I, I and just in terms of of, of his fitness and just being dynamic and, and, and doing and playing the part that we've been so used to. I'm not sure he's, he's really done it since Leipzig at Ibrox, but he is not alone in that group, I would suggest. No, Colin, it wouldn't be an old firm game, but it wouldn't be an old firm game that Celtic didn't win if there wasn't some sort of controversy conjured up out of the air. And uh, the, the controversy was on Rangers penalty, which I think even the most... Ardent Celtic fan would have to concede was a penalty. Um, but then there was an incident with a shot that hit uh, Conor Goldson's hand in the second half from McGregor. Now, the IFAB rules are pretty clear that it wasn't a penalty, but as we know in Scotland, that doesn't stop people in the media from coming out with, well, I don't like the rules, so therefore it shouldn't be a penalty. It's so tiresome. Yeah, it's just it's the circus and the the pretend um, hysteria that has to go with this fixture. It can't just be a football match where unless they win, team... in which case, oh, then, of course, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know what? It's it's actually quite devious. I think with some of the people involved in this, whether it's reporters, whether it's commentators, whether it's pundits or analysts or anything like that, these guys they've either chosen not to keep up to date with the rules of football, or they're choosing just to ignore them to to be the whole shock jock, to to rally their team or do whatever they want to do. And it's it, it just cheapens the game. It's so, it's just rubbish, it's crass, and it's just a waste of everybody's time. And one thing Scottish football doesn't need is more hysteria. It doesn't need more nonsense. We've got plenty of it, plenty of genuine stuff without all this. Um, I've seen Celtic fans tweeting UEFA today about that penalty, <laughs> um, <laughs> which was bizarre. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bizarre. Um, if you the rules are on the website, anybody can go on that website and read the rules of the game, and you can look at that. You can, we've seen all the different angles of it. We've seen all the, sc- the screenshots of it. It's not a penalty. Um, Beaton called it right. VAR looked at it, and they called it right. End of discussion. But if you were listening to the game on Sky Television yesterday, you would genuinely think that Connor Goldson had murdered Andy Walker's granny or something like that. He was that angry and screaming and almost crying about it. It's. Just it's the it's the silly, ridiculous, pathetic side of Scottish football, which has always been there, sadly, and I don't think it's ever going to go away. But I just could so do without it. It's tiresome and it's boring. Martin, can you imagine if they extended this sort of thing into other areas of life? Can you imagine if, for example, a surgeon was you know carrying out an operation? They said, right, you go in under the heart. He's like, well. Yeah, I know that that's what you're supposed to do, but I, I don't think you should, so I'm going up via the arsehole. It, it, it's so bizarre that they are allowed onto the air, in fact, encouraged onto the air, when, as Colin says, they clearly either don't know the rules or don't want to know them. Uh, yeah, it was, it was the inevitable extension of, of these tiresome debates about the laws of the game that obviously other leagues with far for quite a while have, have been enduring for uh, the last few years. The World Cup, Brought that brought that out as well. Um, ultimately, David, it, it, it comes back down to a, a, a couple of old truisms. One, there are far too many in our footballing um, commentary who would far rather whip up um, soap opera and 
um, sensationalism than than discuss the game and discuss how um, Celtic lost their lead, how Rangers lost their lead. Um, what does this say about you know the next few weeks and months or what whatever else? Do, their job, one may call. Yeah. Um, because this is, is is a lot more fun, and they're they're um, far more comfortable being um, shock jocks in, in that um, that that regard. And I mean, Walter Smith nailed it what twenty five years ago now. Um, if Celtic win, there's no issue. If Celtic don't, there always is. And if you want to hear that show, folks, it's called <laughs> Dominant and it's on the Heart and Hand Network, which you should all sign up for. You would really enjoy it, especially this Greek time of year. Hours and hours and hours of content from just 50 pence per week. So get along to patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. I'm sure you will enjoy it. Right, that will do us for today on this week's Heart and Hand. Adam will be back later in the week with Heart and Hand Extra previewing the trip to Tana Dice. Uh, I'd just like to thank, first of all, our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Miles, and to thank our two wonderful podders today. First of all, Colin McMillan. Absolute pleasure, David. Thank you. Well done, Colin. And Martin Ramsey. <laughs> pleasure, boys. Good to be back. Absolutely as folks. Right. Uh, I'll be back here next week. As I say, you want to hear more from us, just head over to Patreon. But until then, have a good one. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs> Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.